Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the May issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Why Grazing Before Pastures Are Ready Can Have Lasting Impacts and How to Limit the Damage. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Jack Arterburn, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator based in the Northern Panhandle. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Well, Jack, as we were getting on and talking about this topic, uh, there's been some pretty widespread good precipitation, I'd say, at least in the western half to third of the state in the last week to 10 days. And so that's sure making cow-calf producers and those who have grass feel a little better about the outlook. Even with that precipitation, though, I think the article that you wrote still does have a lot of application as we think about when we turn cattle out to pasture. And in this article, you just highlight the importance of thinking about making sure grass is ready, and then also some of the detriment that can occur if we turn cattle out too early. Talk through with us some of the principles you discussed and and some things you'd recommend producers just think through as they think about turnout dates this year. Absolutely. When I when I wrote the article, I was I kind of talked about some of the optimism for good grass growth with the high amount of snowfall we had gotten this winter. And I think uh, there's quite a bit more optimism now with the, the recent rains, but it's still going to take time for these pastures to absorb that moisture and put it to good use. And uh, I think these a lot of these principles will still apply. And so um, I think it's good we're still doing this and, uh, you know, giving people something to think about. And so when we think about uh, spring growth, it, it really depends on the late summer and fall conditions. And so if they're if there's not enough moisture in, in late summer and fall the previous year, then those plants won't be able to uh, store the, the required nutrients that are used to initiate and sustain growth in the spring until there's enough leaves for that plant to, uh, to be able to conduct photosynthesis and, and produce the required nutrients itself. And so when we think about you know lack of precipitation and you know the inability to, to store those nutrients, that then ends up causing a delay in the spring. And, and not only the initiation of growth, but also a, a slow growth as well. And, and this can really be, be exacerbated if grazing pressure is not reduced during these dry periods and can actually cause effects that last for, for multiple years. This year, you know, we had low soil moisture levels and unseasonably cold temperatures that uh, really delayed the growth, um, you know, beyond um, just the, the past few years of drought as well. When we have a delay in the green up, then that's going to ultimately uh, correspond with a delay in pasture turnout because grasses aren't quite ready. And so that was kind of what I pointed out in the article is, you know, producers are faced with, you know, high feed costs. So it's not really something they want to hear that they're going to have to um, continue to feed this high priced and, and oftentimes low quality hay that they've had to kind of scrounge up um, in order to get their cows by, especially when when the feed is is not meeting the cow lactating cows nutrient requirements, uh, which could have negative impacts uh, on the calf, but also her ability to rebreed. And so although uh, not delaying turnout saves the cost of that feed, there is a major expense when it comes to the uh, reduction in the total annual production of the pasture. And that's kind of what I point out in the article. When those plants are grazed before they're ready, then they're having to draw on those nutrient reserves again. And so that ends up depleting those, you know, that were already low because of the uh, low precipitation last summer and fall and in really the last few years. And so there's already um, limited nutrients 
and there's already uh, limited moisture to help those plants get started. And so when they're grazed, it uh, it just knocks them back even more. And, and if uh, soil moisture and, and those nutrients are completely depleted, then eventually that plant, like you mentioned in, in an example, that, that plant may die or just go dormant early. And so allowing those pastures additional rest to build nutrient storage by delaying turnout could really pay dividends and, and additional growth later in the year. And so it's a it's a robbing Peter to pay Paul um, type of situation. In the article, you talk about grass physiology and kind of some key things to think about in terms of, is my grass ready? Uh, just talk through us a little bit about that in terms of things people might observe as they go out and look at their pasture, look at their grass and start to think about, should I turn out or should I try to wait? Yeah, I, I'm hoping people will appreciate that determining if your pasture is ready is simple as counting leaves. You know, nobody wants to to go out and do some highly scientific monitoring and that sort of thing, which could take quite a bit of time, but it's it, luckily it's as simple as counting leaves. And so the number of colored leaves, that is uh, the leaf that wraps all the way around the plant stem, like a shirt collar, that, that will indicate whether a plant is ready to be grazed. And so the rule of thumb for cool season grasses that they should not be grazed until there are three colored leaves for warm season grasses, uh, we like to see four to five color leaves. And in my article, I, I cite four color leaves. In discussions since, I've um, had people cite to their rule of thumb, I guess, is five leaves. And so somewhere in that four to five region, is that's kind of what you're looking for. And so I understand that uh, a lot of times this, this can be unavoidable. So I did point out a few things that uh, to help people in case, I guess, to, to limit the impacts if grazing is unavoidable before, before these uh you know, your cool season three leaves or your warm season four to five leaves are ready. And, and the main one I point out is, is kind of what they typically is referred to as a flash graze. And so you try and, uh, you try and spread out light impacts across all your pastures. And, and obviously logistically hope, you know, this is going to depend on logistically what you're able to make work with um, your water and your infrastructure and able to, to move cows. But ideally you would not stay more than a couple of days in a pasture to limit the amount of grazing that each one of those plants sustains. And so I'm going to stress the plants that are already vulnerable. Um, however, you're limiting the, the stress and kind of spreading it out and allowing really a key is to allow enough recovery time before they're grazed again. And so you come through and flash graze, especially now after we receive this precipitation, that's going to give those uh, plants a chance to really absorb and utilize that moisture and then um, get some rest before you're able to come back and kind of enter your, your normal grazing rotation. A few other things, I guess, ideas that uh, I think um, from conversations you and I had that we, I pointed out um, in the article as well, was just, you know, you know, lightly graze, introduced pastures, hay fields, or, or sub irrigated areas with the idea that uh, you're giving those native pastures um, a break, um, you know, to allow them to, to grow. And then the idea is that you wouldn't come back in and graze or um, cut those fields for for hay for you know quite a period of time, so they would have enough rest to not dramatically reduce their production. Obviously, that's something that uh, you'd have to monitor closely. You wouldn't want to go in and and uh, graze them too heavily and then impact forage production uh, in the future. But again, if you're able to go in and do a light graze on on something like a especially like a sub irrigated meadow or you know an area along a creek where it's getting a little bit of sub irrigation that can that can help as well. And I also talked to a few people who suggested, you know, maybe just a specifying a sacrifice pasture where, you know, you realize that uh, you're not going to be able to either logistically or for another reason, be able to rotate through your pastures. Maybe they're, you know, 
they're not contiguous or something like that. And so you have a, a sacrifice pasture that you designate and limit the damage to, to one single area, um, realizing that there's going to be pretty severe negative impacts that last for, for many years, even, even with the rain we've gotten. And so those are just some of the ideas, I guess, uh, that we point out and, and try to help people kind of resist the, the urge to turn out um, before the grasses are ready and how to assess whether they're ready. And, and even with the rain that we've gotten, it's something that uh, I, I hope folks that still continue to, to assess and pay attention to. Yeah. So I think, again, not everyone has gotten rain here in the last week, but there's some widespread areas that sure have, which are encouraging, obviously. And as we think about grass growth, in particular, thinking about cool season and then warm season, we're going to get kicked off here in early June. But with this moisture and with some temperatures, we're really going to see rapid growth here in the next 30 days. And I, you and I are in Western Nebraska, and I kind of think about that 15th of May, 20th of May till the 15th, 20th of June is what I kind of call the golden 30. That 30 days is where we really can grow a lot of grass if we have precipitation and we have the right air temperatures. And so I guess what I'm saying is your comment around grazing through these pastures quickly, you know, if, if you're going through quickly and there's moisture there and that plant uh, has time to regrow, uh, there's going to be maybe some opportunity to come back and still uh, have a second grazing on that uh, later in the summer or after killing frost. So uh, there's obviously opportunity to still use that, but we still have to be able to have grass to grow grass. And so having plant material there, having leaf area uh, does a couple things for us. It allows that plant to store carbohydrates, grow additional leaves. But the other thing I think also, just as we understand the value of precipitation is when you have a plant actively growing there in leaf material, it does allow you to capture and retain whatever moisture you do get. And so it starts to be almost a snowball effect that uh, if you've got grass growing, whatever showers that you do get and you have a little bit of shading of the ground and that plant can intercept that water, uh, you're going to be able to utilize that water more efficiently. And if that pasture is grazed down short, your evaporation transpiration rate is going to be much higher. And again, when that plant gets short, it's not going to be able to use that stored soil moisture very well because there's kind of an old adage, root growth is proportional to top growth. And, and that's pretty accurate. And so just as we think about grazing, thinking about grazing planning, thinking about trying to give pastures some opportunity to recover from the drought, I just encourage people to keep those principles in mind as they think about grazing management. I would, I would definitely agree and, and echo a lot of what you said uh, regarding to, you know, leave as much um, of those leaves out there in order to, yeah, it helps um, in a lot of ways, especially with the regrowth and so um, and absorbing the moisture as well. And, uh, you know, looking at some of the long-term forecasts for the weather, you know, honestly, Nebraska is, it's basically on the fence, you know, east to west, and we're kind of on the line between potentially having below or above normal precipitation. And so, I wouldn't say, you know, I know we've up in our area, northern northwest Nebraska here, we've gotten, you know, over two inches in some areas. And uh, and so people are probably feeling pretty optimistic. I know I am, but uh, I just don't know that we're necessarily out of the woods yet. I think we're going to definitely get um, a good, we're going to get some good pasture growth. And we're going to be able to make some hay this year, but um, it remains to be seen what that's going to look like, especially if, you know, the precipitation shuts off after this. And so it's, I definitely want to urge people to continue to be cautious I think waiting as long as you can to turn out is still going to be good advice. And I still think it's going to pay you dividends in the long run and, and maybe even more so if we end up getting dry again. Well, Jack, thanks for your time today. Thanks for the article and just the 
perspective to remind us of thinking about what we can do at this season of year to give pastures the greatest opportunity we can to get some good growth and then also just think about uh, their productivity, plant health and vigor as we go on through the summer. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we discussed today, Why Grazing Before Pastures Are Ready Can Have Lasting Impacts and How to Limit the Damage. All right. I think that was good. Good.